This is Light of the Word. Today we hear the late Pastor Steve Mays in a message on the only place that we can truly find security. I don't know the future, but I know the one who holds the future. So my joy is not based upon the future, and my joy is not based upon today. My joy is based in the one who holds today and tomorrow. His name is Jesus Christ. This is Light of the Word, the legacy ministry of Pastor Steve Mays, winning and encouraging people with the teaching of God's Word from Calvary Chapel, South Bay in Gardena, California. So follow the light of the Word. It's been reported that during the initial construction of the Golden Gate Bridge, no safety devices were used. Can you believe that? But after several men fell to their deaths, a large safety net was finally constructed. As a result, the builders noticed a 25% increase in productivity. Why? Well, because the workers now had assurance of their safety. They were able to wholeheartedly work to complete the project. As believers, we have a safety net in Jesus Christ, a Savior who holds our lives in His hands. Therefore, we ought to serve Him totally and without reservation. That's the encouragement Paul gave to young Timothy and the encouragement Pastor Steve gives us today here on Light of the Word. Let's listen. 2 Timothy chapter 1, and I always enjoy studying a book that someone is about ready to die. I hate to say that. And the reason why is because they're always saying what they have learned and what is the most valuable thing that they look back over the years. And Paul now is coming before Timothy, as I've mentioned before, that Paul's about 65 years old. And Timothy is about 30-some years old. And there were two young men. One was Timothy and one was Titus. Uh, Timothy was a Jew. Titus was a Gentile. And Paul had poured his life into these two young men, kind of like Pastor Chuck did with us. But Paul now is in prison. The sentence of death has been passed. It's just a matter of days before he dies. And so he begins to speak to Timothy about the issues of life, the certainties of ministry. And Paul doesn't mess around. He goes right for the heart. And so we pick up the study in first, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. He says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul's last hours were used so unselfishly before the Lord And what I mean by that is he didn't use them for himself, 
but he chose to use the very last hours of his life to minister to a young man, as I mentioned, Timothy, trying to help Timothy to overcome some of the major obstacles he saw in his life. And Timothy wasn't good at a lot of things. He was a great leader, and he was a great man when it came to loyalty. But when it came to making a strong stand, he had a difficult time. And so he is now speaking to Timothy about not being ashamed. And Timothy had a difficult time. In verse 8, be not ashamed. Then in verse 12, be not ashamed. And then here in verse 15, be not ashamed. And I believe also in chapter 2, be not ashamed. So Paul encourages Timothy not to be ashamed. And the final hours were really able to put that into proportion. And Paul said, for I am now ready to die. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. So, Timothy, it's your turn. You're going to go through these incredible times. And I think that Paul was talking about the uncertainty of the times in which he was saved, the things that he had to work through, the things that he would have to suffer, how that even his own friends would turn against him. And here we read that all they in Asia turned against him. People didn't want to associate with Paul because they were going to die like he did. Because he was the leader and anyone close to him was going to pay the price. So Paul now needs to get into Timothy's life. And to tell Timothy, listen, God hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And you see that in verse 7. So Timothy, you need to take this thing and begin to run with it. And so Paul said a couple things, Number, actually three things in this verse. Number one, he said, I am absolutely certain that I am saved. And secondly, I am certain that I am safe. And thirdly, I am certain that I am secure. Three things he mentions in verse 12. As he looks back on the uncertainty of everything else in his life. And I think that we are living in uncertain times. Oh, we are living now where things are exploding and people are making money. But in just a moment, you could see all that turn and everything fall out of the bottom. And you see people are beginning to buy anything they want. But all of a sudden, prices are going up and Fear is beginning to take hold of the heart. And internationally, we know that things could change with a push of a button. And we know that our lives could change by a terrorist getting inside of L.A. and pushing a button. So there is really no certainty in life apart from Jesus Christ. So when Paul looks back at all the things he went through, the shipwrecks, the beating, the pain, the agony the rejection, everything that he went through. He said, there are three things and this one verse that held me together. And I like to look at these. He knew he was saved. And secondly, he knew he was safe. And thirdly, he knew that he was secure. So let's look at those three things. Number one, he was saved. He goes on to say in verse 12, I know whom I believe. 
So first of all, Paul came to know the Savior. There on that Damascus road, it wasn't just kind of an experience where God got a hold of his heart. It was a life-changing moment for Paul. He was heading contrary to God. He was living in self-righteousness and self-centeredness. He was on a mission to destroy Christianity. And he was going to make havoc even more of the church. And if it wasn't for God arresting him there on that Damascus road, he would have seceded. But God had another plan for his life. And so God stopped him. He was knocked down. He was blinded. And God began to speak to him. And Jesus said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And in Paul's mind, he was persecuting the church, not Jesus. But what God was saying is that the church is Christ. And that was the mystery that he was going to teach. And so we hear those famous words, Lord, and then secondly, what would you have me to do? You are the Lord of my life. What would you have me to do? And now being blinded, having to be led, God said to him, I'm going to show you the great things you're going to suffer for my name's sake. And so he went down and Ananias prayed and his eyes were open. He received the Holy Spirit. And from that moment on, he never looked back. But the word here means that he knew He understood in his heart, in his mind. And the reason he knew was because of what God did for him on that moment where God humbled his life and changed it. And the light blinded his vision. And the voice penetrated his soul. And not only that, but the call upon his life was direct, directing his destiny. And Paul now knew that he had a person and God gave him a new passion and God gave him a new ministry. And from that moment, there was no doubt that this Christ was real. But even more than that, Paul knew at that moment he was a sinner. And this is the key. Many of us know Christ, but we don't know him as the savior of our life. And in that moment, His sin was manifested. And Paul needed a savior. He needed someone who could reconcile him to God. He was a brilliant man. He had been searching, sacrificing in Judaism. But on that day, his sin was manifested. His self was very well explained. And he realized that he was in trouble. And so that day... He found a friend, a savior that would forgive him of all of his sins, would fill him with the power of the Holy Spirit, and would walk with him for the rest of his life. And the outbirth of this tremendous knowledge is a commitment. And the result of a great commitment will always be being fully persuaded that God's able to work. But it all starts here with a knowledge that's unbelievable. And for Paul, the search was over. Now, sometimes we come to know Christ and we get a hold of Christ, but we keep searching. We keep thirsting. 
We keep looking for other things to fill the void in our life. It wasn't true with Paul. When he met the Savior on that Damascus road, every thirst was satisfied. Every need was taken care of. Every hunger was met. In other words, it was Jesus Christ who stood before him. And he saw the Lord so much that he believed that he was now going to be accepted as an apostle because he was an eyewitness of Jesus Christ. And I think God wants us to really come to a point that we go back to the moment we came to Christ and ask a very simple question. Do I really believe? Well, if I really believe, then why am I living with so much guilt? If he really has taken away my sin, why is Satan able to condemn me so much? If he really is on my side, then why do I think everything is against me? And so Paul believed that all things were for him. And Paul believed everything was working in his behalf. And sometimes we believe, but it doesn't manifest the right type of fruit. The Damascus Road, God got a hold of his heart, and God changed inside of his life. And he saw himself as a sinner, standing before God in his own self, and desperately needing a Savior. And that's exactly what happened that day. And so the first thing, when he says, I know whom I believe, you have to go back to that Damascus Road, to the moment that he accepted Christ, and he knows that he knows that he knows that God saved him, and he now is saved. And if you live your life, well, I think I'm saved. I'm not really sure. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. It's a horrible way to allow the enemy to destroy your life. Either you are or you're not. And if you are, then you need to believe it with all your heart. Are you saved? Well, yeah, I'm saved, but I'm sure bummed all No, no, no. Are you saved? Has God taken away your sins? Has God put your feet upon the rock? Is he speaking to you as a son, as a daughter? Is he leading you? Because if you are saved, the second thing is going to happen every single time. Because out of salvation grows commitment. And some of us are trying to make a commitment, but we really don't believe. It's like making a commitment to marriage, but I don't like her. <laughs> That's a hard thing to do. Here, honey, hope you enjoy this. But when you believe in the woman, boy, that commitment is fun. And the second thing I find very interesting, not only was he saved, but secondly, he was safe. Now listen to me very carefully. He was saved on that Damascus road. But secondly, I believe he was telling Timothy he's safe. Because Timothy was afraid. Timothy, I am saved. And secondly, Timothy, I am safe. And you remember here in chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 12, I am persuaded that he's able to keep. And so Paul was saying God's keeping power. Now, that is so exciting to me because it's not Paul's ability to keep himself. And what do we do? Hey, I'll take care of myself. 
God, here's your 10%. The rest of the life is mine. That's kind of foolish. And the reason why there's not a safety in your own heart is because sometimes we really don't believe. And so we kind of commit back and forth. Sometimes I believe, sometimes I don't. And when I don't, then I don't commit. And when I do, then I do commit. And so I commit and don't commit and back and forth and back and forth. You need to solve this situation that you are saved for a purpose. And secondly, you're going to find that you're really safe, safe all the time, no matter where you go, no matter where the terrorist might be, no matter what happens in your family, no matter if someone's taken. And once again, God's going to do a work. And so we see here, it's a military term to keep. It means to guard. It means to defend. It means to occupy. It means to watch over. So God is guarding, protecting, watching over, and helping you every day of your life. And this was God's great strength in Paul's life. He said, God is able to keep that which I have committed. Now, what did he commit? It says here, against that day. What day? The coming of Christ. The judgment of Christ. In other words, Christ is going to come. Notice the very last thing, against that day, which means the future. So what he's saying is that I don't know the future, but I know the one who holds the future. So my joy is not based upon the future, and my joy is not based upon today, My joy is based in the one who holds today and tomorrow. His name is Jesus Christ. So whatever God has, God's going to give me the strength to go through it. And then lastly, he says here, he was secure. And so he's able to save Timothy. God saved me when I was contrary to who I wanted to be. But out of God's mercy, he reached down and turned my life around. Young man, God is going to turn your life around. Don't worry about a thing. Okay, Paul. And Timothy, yes, Paul, God is going to keep you safe. And I imagine Timothy was saying, well, now, wait a second, Paul. You were stoned in Lystra, shipwrecked three times, beaten five times. Timothy, I'm still here. God hasn't given you, Timothy, the spirit of fear, but of power. God will keep you safe, but I don't know where to go. God will lead you, and God will guide you, and God will get you through this difficult time. It won't always be easy. There's going to be very difficult times in your life. There's going to be heartbreak and devastation, but God will get you through. You will not get yourself through, I guarantee that. If anything, we should learn about ourselves as we just mix things up and mess things up. The wisest man, the wisest woman has given it to God, and the wisest pastor keeps giving it back to God because they know their weakness, they know their insecurities. And Timothy, God saved me, turned me, and Timothy, I'm safe, and God led me through these years. And Timothy, I want to tell you one more thing. Timothy... I'm secure. And what he says here is I have committed because I am saved and because I am persuaded, therefore I commit. He says here, for that which I also suffer these things, nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded, convinced that he is able to keep that, and check this out, 
I have committed unto him. So he's able to touch. And because he's able to touch, now listen to me very carefully, because I believe that God is able to touch a broken heart. And I believe that with everything that stands inside of me. And I believe that God is able to turn a marriage around. And God is able to turn anything around. Therefore, because God is able to touch, I think it's very, very wise that I would commit. And the reason I don't commit is because I don't believe he can touch. And the reason I don't believe he can touch is because I don't believe I'm safe. And the reason I don't believe I'm safe is because I don't believe I really, really, really believe that I'm saved. And so I'm going to go back and forth. And one moment I'm saved and safe and secure. Next moment I'm miserable, angry, and mad. And Paul said, through all these years, I am secure. And so he declared very simply, Paul goes on to say, he lived with assurance. I commit. In other words, Timothy, I live with tremendous assurance. I live with tremendous conviction. I believe that God is going to preserve and keep, and I've given my life, I've given my children, I've given my job, I've given my house. Because of that, God's going to do a work. He's not only able to touch, to heal, to turn things around, but he's able to take. And sometimes he takes a human being, and sometimes he takes a business, and sometimes he takes a position. Sometimes God takes. And one day God's going to take you out of here. And he's building a place for you. And so Paul's whole mentality of life on Monday morning, as he woke up Monday morning, and he knew he was saved. There was no doubt. If you keep me alive, you're going to hear about Christ. If you kill me, I'm going to see Christ. Make your choice. I'm going to live for Christ. Wow. I'm going to walk through South Bay knowing that I'm safe. If they blow this up, so be it. If they blow that up, so be it. If it's my time, I'm going to be in the right time or the right place. And Lord, if it's in the bathtub and step on that soap, so be it. Lord, I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm safe until you take your hands off of me. And Monday morning, he would wake up and say, you know something? I'm absolutely secure. God can touch and God can take. And blessed be the name of the Lord, whatever he wants to do. I thank the Lord. Pastor Steve Mays, sharing about the safety net we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. And you tuned in just in time to hear exactly what you need to take that next step. Maybe you'd like to hear more, or maybe someone in your life could use this same encouragement. You can hear it right now or anytime simply by visiting our website at lightoftheword.org. You can also get a copy of the complete sermon without the interruption and all the edits that we do. Just ask for the title, Paul's Certainty, when you reach us at one 800 339 wise. Now, if you're looking for even more of this encouraging word, why don't you get the whole series that we started featuring last week? It's called The Timothy Series. Now, when you call us at 1-800-339-WISE, we'll have the entire series for you in CD or MP3 format. Again, request The Timothy Series when you write to us at Light of the Word, Box 300, Torrance, California, 90507. Or even quicker and easier, give us a call. 800-339-WISE or check it out at lightoftheword.org Society It seems like we're seeing a me-first mentality being pushed and even celebrated more and more all the time 
pro athletes touting themselves as the best, celebrities living their own soap opera lifestyles, and the media glorifying every second of it. Imagine if we brought an infamous biblical character like Samson into this day and age. What reality show do you suppose he'd be on? In Pastor Steve's book, Crossing the Line, we see a completely arrogant and self-centered Samson living the same kind of lifestyle that we see in the news today. But it's also a story of redemption, as we see him crossing the line in the right direction, back to God in the end. It's a reminder to us that it's never too late to turn to God and surrender ourselves, giving glory with our words, our actions, and our time, and our treasure. That's the life God has designed for us, and the book Crossing the Line lays out the blueprints of how we can live a victorious life by forfeiting. We win by losing our own selfish will and choosing God's will over our own. And this book, Crossing the Line, is part of a special three-book offer we're making available, along with the book Choices and Pastor Steve's autobiography, Heartbeat from Hell. It's his own Samson story of a life plagued with physical and substance abuse going from gangster to God after being shot and left for dead. It chronicles the life of a man who crossed the line and then had a 30-year ministry giving the glory back to God. You'll get all three books for about the price of one. Remember to ask about this special trio of books when you call us at 1-800-339-WISE. Or check it out when you visit online, lightoftheword.org. While you're there, check out all the great books, sermon series, as well as our simple and quick pamphlets for instant encouragement on the go. You can find that all at our website, lightoftheword.org. When we continue, Steve encourages us to put prayer before human effort. More good insight from Paul's advice for young Timothy, next time on Light of the Word. Light of the Word. Talk